0: In the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, starting at verse 4, you will find these words By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice. Than came, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still Speaks. And briefly, if you will, with me, turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Verse 1 reads Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. And the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Amen. Amen. This morning, I want to speak with you for a few moments from the thought. Letting sin get the best of you, letting sin get the best of you. And I like I like almost for a subtitle, a title that one of my brothers in the ministry had one Sunday evening that said, Raising Cain until he becomes able. Amen. Amen. In the context of these passages that I have read to you is the story of Cain and Abel from the book of Genesis. In Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about being surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And Abel being one of those witnesses was obedient to God, even unto death. Not a death that he desired, but a death that was brought on him wrongly because he did what was right. Sometimes in our lives we suffer for doing right. And even though that may be the case. That is no reason to start doing wrong. And so in our scriptures, we find that the writer of Hebrews talks about laying aside every weight and thus sin which so easily ensnares us. There are many weights in life, many issues, many concerns that we allow to slow us down And to cause us to get caught up in things that we never should have been caught up in in the first place. Sometimes we are weighted down by our relationships. Our relationships with husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend. Sometimes mother and daughter, son and father. All kinds of relationships we find ourselves getting weighted down. Before we know it, we're in relationships that are not working right as we expect it to work. And before we know it, we're doing things we ought not do. We find ourselves sometimes lying to one another. Sometimes treating one another so badly. Verbally and sometimes even physically. Physically. Because the the idea of how the relationship is supposed to be going is not what we envision. So we become angry and we sin. I'm talking about weights that so easily ensnares us. We start to look at situations where we feel like we've been violated financially or emotionally. And then we respond by violating the other person. But the Bible says, recompense not evil with evil, but evil with good. In other words, the writer was saying, don't turn back and do evil towards someone who does evil to you, but do good to them. Jesus Christ epitome that when those who would beat him all night long would spit on him and call him all kinds of names, he still died. They didn't take his life, but he gave it freely for his love toward them. Even though they did bad against him, he did good for them. And he said to the father, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And that's what happens a lot of times. We need to be in a posture of praying for the ones who treat us wrong. Because sometimes they don't know what they do. And even when they do, they don't know the totality of the consequences for what they have done. So we need to be prayerful for those who despitefully use us. We need to always stay in the mold that Jesus was in. Because we don't know where our prayers are going, where our actions of goodness will do in changing the life of that one who has come against us. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, in the context of the passages that I've read to you, there is the story of Cain and Abel. The text lets us know that by faith, Abel gave a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. We can almost substitute the words by obedience, Abel gave a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Empirically and implicitly, we know that in the story of Cain and Abel, that God had made clear to them what is the sacrifice that he required of them. He required an animal sacrifice. He required a burnt offering. He required an animal to be killed and the remains to be burned on the altar but for whatever reason Cain decided that he would do something else Cain decided that he, since he was an agriculturalist he would just bring an offering from agriculture but that's not what God required and so many times that's what we do We decide what we're going to give God instead of giving God what he requires. That's all wrapped up in Malachi 3 and 10. That in that context, God said to the leaders, see he was talking to the leaders that needed to go to the refiner's fire. That he said, will a man rob God? Yet ye also robbed me. How have they robbed me? In tithes and offerings. The whole idea behind the robbing of God in tithes and offerings also showed a lack of faith. It showed a lack of faith because in the tithe we are saying to the Lord, we are given a portion of what we have to the Lord so that we signify and we demonstrate that we can do nothing without him. But we also demonstrate his graciousness toward us that he only asks for a tenth and gives us 90%. But we know everything is the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell in it. But God being so kind in grace and mercy allows us to keep 90% and only requires us 10%. But there's a spiritual implication of that we are going to be obedient unto God. God understands what things mean most to us. And isn't it interesting that he uses the thing that is most to us? He uses our finances. Because our finances are dear to our heart. But if we're willing to sacrifice a portion of our finances for him, he doesn't need it but it shows our hearts because what happens is when our hearts are not right with the Lord we come short we don't give as we should give not only monetarily but also in our time we don't give like we should because in our hearts we're not manifesting that appreciation of God the way we should And that's what happened with Cain. Cain was not really appreciating all that God had did in the same way that Abel did. And what it also shows is the selfishness of men's hearts. It shows the selfishness of Cain in that he decided to do things how he wanted to do it. Instead of trying to do things God's way. But this shows in a 21st century context many different ways. It shows up in our desires to do things for the Lord. There is so much work to do for the master. But we decide to do things our way. I've had people to come to me and say things like I don't understand why you are going to church all day long. I mean, one time ought to be enough. But what that person was saying to me is that I'm looking at God's reasoning and I'm putting my reasoning before him. God's only asking for one day set apart to his worship. We got six other days of the week to do what we want to do. But now we're starting to say, It's our day. Somehow the Lord's day has turned into our day. We're trying to figure out how can we shorten our services? How can we make them earlier so I can have more of my day? Nowhere in scripture does it show that this day is our day. Nowhere in scripture did it show that we died on the cross for the world and was buried. And on the third day morning, we rose from the grave. But it is his day. And we got to get back to the love of God. We got to get back to loving God. And it's just not going to be lip service. But it's got to be in our actions. Oh, it's easy to say bless the Lord and and I'm highly favored. And the Lord is good and his mercy endures. It's easy to say it. But are you going to put some actions with it? Are you going to sacrifice more of you? For the work of the Lord. Because that's what he's looking for today. He's looking for a church. That's all about doing his will. And so what we don't want to do is we don't want to get caught up. In our own selfish ways. And we don't want to get caught up in coming short of that which God requires of us. So we got to give ourselves a real good looking over and look at our days and our weeks and our months and look back over the things that we're doing for the Lord and see what that's adding up to and get back with the Lord in prayer and see what the Lord would have us to do. Time is winding up. The days are getting shorter till that day when he's coming back. For his church. So we got to get urgent. We got to get in a hurry. About doing his will. And not to get ensnared. In the issues of life. Sometimes we get ensnared. With the things that we desire. We have a job. And we are able to sustain ourselves. But we want a little more. So instead of waiting on the Lord to supply it to us if it's according to his will, we step out and take more away from God so we can get that which we want for ourselves. And it just doesn't happen in money, but it also happens in time. Sometimes when we should have took that time in the second job to work for the master, we took a second job so we could get a new car. But we should have waited on the Lord because the Lord would give us what's in his will. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto us. But we get our priorities upside down. And that's what happened with Cain and Abel. Cain got his priorities all out of order. Then when the master, when God showed Abel his his pleasingness showed him how he was pleased with his offering. and showed Cain that he was displeased with his. Instead of Cain repenting and turning away from that and starting to give the sacrifice that God required, he got mad. And God said, what's wrong with you? Basically, he saw his countenance had changed. He said, what's wrong with you? He said, why are you mad? That you didn't do what I told you to do? Why are you mad? Because you did not do what I required. So he was talking with Cain. And he said, watch it, Cain. He said, sin crouches at your door. Because he saw into the heart of Cain. And he saw the selfishness. He saw the unrighteous anger that was building up in him. Because he was Upset that his brother had better favor with God. But it's so strange in that text. Why didn't Cain just do what God required? Simply because it's the sin condition. And that's the same reason why we don't do what God requires. It's because the sin condition. But we have one whom we can call on that is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and do what else cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That's why we got to get back to prayer and we got to get back to forgiveness. We got to get back to calling on the name of the Lord so that we can be the believers that God wants us to be. Be the followers. God is looking for some folks who can get together as one body and move forward in the work of the master not be jealous of one another not lying on one another and not ultimately killing one another now we see here that Cain murdered his brother Abel his selfishness went so far that he was blinded to what he should do and ended up ultimately in murder Sometimes we murder our brothers and our sisters by the things we say about them and by the things we do to them. They don't die physically, but you kill their spirit. I know at my my home church, over the years I I saw so many people get spiritually bludgeoned over the head. I saw leaders of choirs get beat up and get hurt so bad that they left Mount Vernon. And it's simply because we were selfish. When we boil it down, it's an issue that we didn't want to wear a certain set of clothing on a certain day. And maybe the director said, let's we this and now argument ensues and now behind the scenes we're talking bad about them and we're setting them up for failure instead of just being obedient. The Bible says obey those who have rule over you. It's talking about your leaders, your pastors and your other leaders who have rule, who have leadership over you. You have to show obedience, but we get so caught up in what we want. I mean, there are people that are not going to church or have been hurt and not leading like they should because others were selfish about what we're going to wear on a particular day. The day has gone and passed, but the wounds have lived on. And so that's what I'm saying to us today, that Abel is a witness to that one act that Cain did of killing him and his blood still speaks. In our lives today, there are believers who have been wounded and are still handicapped and walking alone because one has murdered the other. Murdered them in their spirit by unkind words and unkind actions. But fortunately, we can fix some of this. We can fix this by going to our brothers and sisters and saying, will you forgive me? I was upset with you that day and I appreciate who you are in Christ and I was wrong that day and I want you to forgive me. Can you see past what I did to forgive me? But see, we're not seeing that. We're seeing the Cain Abel situation where nowhere in the text, do we see what Cain said, forgive me? He never did. He even got marked and sent out to be marked out as one whom God would exile from the civilization and he didn't even at that point repent. But that same spirit, don't get too hard on Cain because that same spirit is in us if we allow it. We have to be careful. As I was talking on last week, we got to be careful about the kind of things we hold against one another. Because if you really uncover it and really look it over, sometimes it's so menial. It's so small. But the destruction that can occur from it. Sometimes we are separated and divided over things we can't even remember what they are. There was a sister that I loved dearly at my my home church who for 30 years was holding a grudge against somebody else. And one day I just pulled her aside and I said, "Sis, why do you keep this up? You keep this up to the point that you're not even using your gifts. And as I began to talk with her, I could not get a clear answer for why she was holding the grudge she had held that grudge so long that even she had forgotten what it was but yet the grudge had had seat in her that's called the root of bitterness that's what I'm saying today don't let that root take root in your heart whatever transgressions that you have done against others or others have done for you if you have been hurt stay in the mode of forgiveness be ready to forgive and in a moment's notice so that that root of bitterness does not take seed in you. And those of us who have done others wrong, go to them and tell them I'm sorry. Tell them I'm sorry. I shouldn't have treated you like that. You're my brother or my sister and I want to see the best for you. Because we got to love one another. Because once again, what the world really needs is love. And we are the children of God. God in us. And the Bible says God is love. So if there's any place where love should flow like rivers of water, it should be in the church. It should be in those who name the name Jesus Christ. And so we see our text says, and the sin that so easily besets us. That throws us off track. There are many churches that are not functioning right. They're not following the path that they need to or doing the work that's necessary because of the sin. The sin, a lack of faithfulness, the lack of obedience unto God. We got to get back to the word of God so that we be in the will of God. So that we can be all that God requires the church To be. That we can love one another. Because the world can see love. And the world can see the lack of love. The world can look on a group and say, I see the love that's in that group. Never have I seen love like that. Or they can see, yeah, I see the same thing I see out here in the world a place where there's no love. What the world needs is love. But don't let that sin, don't let that selfishness get the best of you. Because we can't be all what God wants us to be if we are divided. We can't be all what God wants us to be if we're selfish. Because that selfishness can end in death. It can end in death. It may end in death physically. But more than likely it will end in death spiritually to those who should be on par, be on course in the house of the Lord. So as I close today, I want to continue to admonish each and every one of us to be careful about how we treat one another because we don't know what the outcome of our actions may be. You don't know whether that harsh word you say to your brother or your sister may cause them to do something to themselves that you'll be sorry that ever happens. We got to be careful. We live in a world that there's all kind of chaos and there's, there's all kind of issue everywhere. There's stress on our jobs, there's stress in our home. The last place we need to have that kind of living and that kind of action and that kind of life is in the church. It's the last place, and so we we need to get on one accord. If we're going to be like Jesus, we got to be faithful even unto death. And so, at this time, the doors of the church are open. If there is anyone here who has not put their faith in Jesus Christ, you can come today. The Lord is willing and he's able to save your very soul. One Friday evening in a place called Calvary, he died for the sins of the world. They took him down off to their cross and put him in a bar tomb and three days later he rose from the grave with all power in his hand and it's the same power to save you just as you are you don't have to get yourself together because Jesus has already paid it all he wants you to come as you are and ask him to live in you and he will make you brand new why don't you come Today, why don't you come to the old ship
1: of Zion?